0: Everybody, it's Allison Kaczkowski. Welcome to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Um, I'm so appreciative that you are here with me on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. And so if you've been following my show really over the last several weeks or even several months or so, uh, you know we're all about the journey of self-care here and that can mean whatever to you, whatever's going to help move you forward in a positive direction. Um, obviously we talk a lot about fitness and nutrition and activity, but I'll tell you, lately, especially now with, uh, with COVID sort of being a permanent guest in our homes, at least in our worlds, at least for the time being, I've had an increasing number of questions from you, from all of you, and from people that I speak with almost every day on what are good overall supplements and things to purchase to not just help with feeling good and energy, but possibly even immune system function. Um, and so I'm thrilled today to have Joe Cannon with me, who is a national, a national guru in this area. Um, I was able to find him online and we connected. And so really what we're going to talk about today, since so many of you are, um, are over the age of 50, myself included, um, is that how can we make this what we like to call over 50 fitness talk. So Joe, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey, Allison. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Outstanding. Okay, so so let's just let's just quit beating around the bush. Let's just jump right in. Um, Let's say um, what I hear from people a lot is, "What can I buy in Whole Foods that's going to help me with stamina and energy?" And Whole Foods is an example because I know there's one right down the street from my house and from my studio. But it just it seems like there's an increasing amount of interest, especially now, in what are what are just everyday items that are probably good to keep around? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's a great question. And you know, it's funny, you, you, we're going to talk about supplements today. And this is something that I have been investigating and writing and teaching people about since probably, I think, the early 1990s. And when it comes to supplementation, I always like people to remember that supplements are supposed to supplement the diet, not replace it. And so when it comes to having more energy, being healthier overall, you know, I, I really can't say enough about eating better. And then, and for most of us, eating better means eating a more colorful diet. And, you know, greens and oranges and purples and yellows and and stuff like that. The the colors. A lot of people ask me, what's the best antioxidant supplement out there? And I would point out to them, there are some good supplements and not so good supplements and supplements that, you know, probably don't do a whole lot. But when it comes to the food, recognize that the colors are the antioxidants. That's what the, a lot of those colors do. They act in, in the plants as antioxidants. They protect the plants from environmental toxins and stuff like that. And then when we eat the plants, we get those Hours as well. So I, I think in this in this world, if I can engender my movie guy voice in the world where people <laughs> eat junk food and eat for junk food every day, the best supplement is a salad or a fruit and veggie smoothie as I usually start my day off throwing I mean I throw lima beans into my smoothie and you know broccoli and spinach and stuff like that. The, the colors really are the powers of the food. So if, if you start your day off you know, saying, okay, I'm gonna have something colorful every day or at least with every meal, I think you're starting off right. And then we can talk about different dietary supplements and stuff like that. But as a rule, you can't go wrong with the food. Uh, and again, I take some supplements myself. And when I started first writing about supplements you know, a long time ago, people, you know, people, uh, uh, interestingly enough, accused me of working for the pharmaceutical industry sometimes, because I would say, Oh, that supplement, you don't need it. You don't need this. Less is more when it comes to supplements. I, I always remember. I agree. Years, and, and I, I always, I was t- literally telling this story the other day. I remember many years ago a woman coming into my office and she brought in a trash bag full of supplements, a big trash bag full of supplements. And we spent over an hour just sorting, keep this, throw this out. And I think I whittled her down to maybe five or six different products. She had well over 50 of them that she was taking. Amazing. Yeah. And, and so that's why I, I'm a big fan of less is more. And so if we're talking, you know, supplement again, when people say to me, what's the best supplement, I say, well, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for, you know, maybe, you know, more energy or perhaps maybe, uh, r- keeping your blood vessels healthier as we age. It's all, as I said to somebody recently, it's all about uh, our blood vessel health oh, and right. heart yeah, and heart disease is the number one killer of everybody. And a lot of people don't realize that, especially women. Women, unfortunately, still think it's breast cancer. It hasn't been breast cancer for 30, 30 odd years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to blood vessel health, Again, you can't go back. You can't go wrong with eating the more colorful foods. Uh, I'd also say exercise is a good preventative measure as well. You can say you could look at exercise as a supplement as well because exercise, you know, it lowers the risk of heart disease and cancer and diabetes and strokes and keep your blood vessels healthy and Alzheimer's disease and all that stuff. And it also ramps up exercise. Also ramps up our natural antioxidant compounds. Yeah, we make antioxidants. We make some compounds such as superoxidants dismutase and glutathione, and these are natural anti and natural free radical busters and uh-huh. when you when you exercise, you make more of them so you know so let's not underestimate the powers of exercise and eating a better diet in terms of supplements um, i'm again since you mentioned over fifty i'm a fan for most people of perhaps maybe uh, looking into coq ten. Uh, CoQ10 is a coenzyme Q10, sometimes called ubiquinol. It's yes. found in pretty much all of our cells of our body. It helps us make energy as we get older. And I'm over 52. As we get older, we tend to make less of it. And that could play a role in maybe not feeling so good. It doesn't seem to help us exercise better, but it does help our blood pressure and our heart and and stuff like that. It may may in theory reduce the risk of a stroke in some people. Some studies have shown this. So uh, if someone were looking, you know, looking at CoQ10, I'd say yeah, that's that's something that has a lot of research on it. I would take it with food. Uh, it is a fat soluble compound. Uh, I don't wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take most supplements on an empty stomach for the most part. Uh, but I think I think CoQ10 in doses of meta hundred milligrams will be fine for most people again if 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 our audiences is, l- is taking any kind of uh, medications i'm a big fan of running over to a pharmacist or doctor and say hey is there any interaction with the supplement and the medication i'm taking because you know natural does not always mean safe for everybody there are supplement drug interactions that i think people need to be aware of so you know, for instance, they're taking any kind of blood thinners or blood pressure medicines. You know, that's something to always consider if you're taking CoQ10. But I like it generally if you're if you're basically a healthy person, you're not taking any kind of medications. I think CoQ10 is fine. Uh, another supplement, which I think, uh, and I often say it flies below the radar of most people, uh, it's a, essentially called aged garlic extract. Uh Uh it is a it's an extract of garlic. And I I like garlic. I mean I throw it in, you know, in my chili and if I make a crock pot chili or something like that. But this is an extract of garlic. The company's been around since the 1970s. I like that. Uh, A lot of companies have not been around that long. And they literally age garlic in big vats for about two years, and they they get this extract and they have supported research over, over the years showing that this stuff can lower blood pressure and battle free radicals and maybe even, uh, slow down. And I'll even say perhaps maybe even reverse heart disease. There is some intriguing preliminary evidence on aged garlic extract, uh, maybe cleaning out the blood vessels a little bit uh-huh. again, it, it, it's intriguing. And that's one of the reasons that I do like that particular supplement again, it's, and it's inexpensive. you can, you know, go on, you, it's probably at Whole Foods. It's pro- I know it's on Amazon. Uh it's a vitamin shop and GNC and it's not it's not not expensive at all. Uh for a supplement that's been around that long and actually has several human clinical studies on it. I, I like that. So again, when people say to me what supplements the best, it really depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. But you gotta you gotta build the foundation first.
0: Yeah. And you know, I just I really believe too and with in our society and today this is probably more true than ever, I feel like People would just almost rather go that route than look at what they're doing day to day. I mean, they just—it's—they just see that as an as an easy thing that they can they can they have control over.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we live in the world of you know, let's make it easy for people. And uh, some people are under the impression it's easier to take a pill. I get that. Um, but no supplement's been proven to be more effective than food, and yeah, uh, I, and I can't stress that more. It, it, again, you could also make the argument for a lot of the uh, pharmaceutical drugs you see advertised on TV, and I'll say, oh, it does this, and this, this, and does this, this. None of these drugs are ever compared to a exercise.
0: <laughs> I know it. It just it, it kills me. I, I just jump yeah. makes me want to jump out of my chair some nights. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't compare them to exercise. They don't compare them to eating more fruits and. More vegetables that they don't. They, they actually should be mandated. I'd love to see a law enacted where they force companies to compare them to exercise and eating well. Uh, but the same thing goes with a lot of supplements. They don't compare. Again, most supplements don't have research on them. Uh, they there may be research on the ingredients, but you know how those ingredients play nicely together when you put them in a pill. That's maybe a different story. And that's yeah. why I person I personally like human research on the product itself. And it's one of the things that I I look for when I when I review these dietary supplements. So again, uh, it really, it really goes back to the basics, exercise, eating well, you, you, there are some good supplements out there, uh, and we can talk about those. Um, but again, you got to build those foundations. Taking a pill by itself is not going to give you the same benefit, unfortunately. It'd be nice if it was like, yeah, nice if it was like the Jetsons where you just pop a pill, but that we're not there yet.
0: Yeah, totally. I completely agree. So, so tell me, I'm always intrigued when I, when I have a, an expert on to, to get your, your thoughts on a couple of different particular supplements. Um, and I don't really like to think of a multivitamin as a supplement, but I've, I've always been of the mind that a good multivitamin is good insurance. It shouldn't necessarily, like you say, replace what we eat. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, a multivitamin is. Surveys show this the most popular uh, supplement out there. Surveys show at least seventy percent of Americans are taking a multivitamin. So by by and large, it is the most popular supplement out there. So I go against the grain when when I talk about multivitamins. Some people are out there say you don't need a multivitamin if you eat well. Well. Most people don't eat well that's right. <laughs> I agree <laughs> <laughs> they don't so I'm okay with an inexpensive multivitamin and i and I like to say inexpensive because m- vitamins are not expensive generally speaking, and a lot of these products have not been tested to see if they're actually more effective than a you know inexpensive type product and you know any anyone you can get at Whole Foods. Uh, or again, uh, you know, GNC or Walmart for that at, at matter. You, you know, if it give you, giving you a hundred percent of the daily value, the daily value is the amount of vitamins you're supposed to be having per day. If it's giving you hundred percent, just look at those percentages on the supplement facts label. If you see a lot of hundreds, that's good. You don't need to be taking the mega dose vitamin supplement out there, the one that giving you five thousand percent of this and you know twenty two thousand percent of that. Not necessary. Uh, it, it's just not re, not required. There's no proof that these things are better. They do tend to be more expensive. So I'm a fan of an inexpensive multivitamin. You know, I've actually got some chewable Centrum in my kitchen right now. I personally like it. It tastes a little orange, and so I like that. Uh, but a lot, of, and again, I said Centrum. A lot of people out there will say, "Oh, Joe, don't you know that Centrum is yada yada yada?" Centrum's fine. It's been around a long time. Oh, it has fillers and stuff like that. Whatever. It's it's okay. It's I have no problem with it. What I do have a problem with, again, we can. Uh, we we can venture off in a, in a sidebar, if you will, and I and I do that a lot on my own podcast. I do I do my own sidebars, but uh-huh. um, one one issue I do have with pretty much all the supplements, for the most part, um, they 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 tend to get their supplements, their raw ingredients from outside the country, outside of America. Um, one of the one of the things that I've been, you know, I wouldn't say ranting about for the last couple of years is a lot of a lot of the re, the raw materials for vitamin supplements. Uh, they they come from India, they come from China, they don't come from America. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of supp- raw supplement, lot of raw vitamin ingredients in America anymore, uh, and, and that's that's a problem. I'd like to bring that back to our country. And I and I, I and agree
0: I completely.
1: And I say that not because, oh, Joe's a right winger and all that stuff. And I don't even talk about my politics. But um, I, I think it's something that we, I, I let, why can't we make our own supplement ingredients? I mean, yep, agree. Why, why can't we? And, and the same thing is true for the, the raw materials that go into pharmaceutical drugs as well. I've been following yes. the last couple of years a lot of recalls on, 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 on prescription medications. Why a lot of the raw materials for prescription drugs come from outside of America. Well, and
0: aside, even from just us having the capability, I mean, imagine having, imagine us doing it here, how much more control we'd have over what actually goes in the bottle.
1: I agree. And I, and I want that control. And I, and I do think that's a, and in terms of supplements, you know, I, I, I don't like it, but I accept it. But in terms of the pharmaceutical drugs out there, I think that's a national security problem. You know, if we we get a lot of, we get a lot of, a lot of medications from outside this country, I think it's a national security problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of supplements, people choose to take supplements. They have to take medications. Uh, Generally speaking, they have to take medications. So um, I don't like it. I'd like to see us make more of our own stuff here. Uh, And again, it's, you know, that's my own opinion, but uh, you know, another reason why supplements, you know, don't, don't have to cost a lot because they're going outside the country because it's cheaper to get them over there. And that's yeah. why unfortunately a lot of raw material supplement companies are not really uh, in America anymore. It's cheaper. Um, weirdly yeah. enough, it's cheaper to go to another country and get these things than have them. I know there. it
0: just, it blows my mind how that's, that's the case. Yeah. But,
1: so anyway, I, 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 appreciate you indulging my, uh, my, my, my little detour of thought there for a moment. No,
0: <laughs> I think that's just, I think it's, I mean, we all, we welcome all opinions here. So that's, that's, that's what makes conversations really, not just really good but just really rich overall i think when we when we listen to that and, I, and by the way I, I agree with you so i appreciate that um so you know let me let me just let me let me let me switch gears here for a minute um you know the majority of the people that i serve and that i work with and i you I shared this with you already are most what i like to call people in the second half of their life i mean mm-hmm. majority of the clients that i'm actually working with now and have been for several years are you know, 55, 60 and older. I do have a few that are are younger. Um, And by far and away, one of the biggest concerns they have is they want to be able to maintain strength and stamina as they get older, to travel, to play with their grandchildren, to be able to do the fun things and the things that, you know, that they see themselves doing when they're ready to stop work. And I think along with that is a concern that they're going to lose muscle and strength and not be able to do those things. And so I'm just wondering, you know, if you could speak to maybe just general advice, especially when it comes to supplements. And I know we already talked about the fact that food is really the best supplement, but, but Mm -hmm. as far as losing strength and muscle as we age, and we know how that contributes to a drop in our overall metabolic rate too. I just, I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Sure. So that loss of muscle strength and muscle size, we get older, it's technically called, as you know, sarcopenia. Uh Uh, Sarco means muscle, penia means you've lost a lot of it. And it it is it it's again it's another one of those I like to call them national security problems where as we get older we become weaker and as we become weaker we do less stuff and as we do less stuff means we move less which means more cancer more heart disease more diabetes again greater chance of being unfortunately confined to a nursing home one day so yep. and, and the thing with sarcopenia is that it affects mostly those fast twitch muscle fibers the fast twitch muscle fibers are the powerful muscle fibers yeah I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, people sometimes fall and they can't get up to quote that often used phrase. So I think the best thing to maintain strength as we get older is to do some sort of resistance training, which would be, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, working out like a monster going to the gym three hours a day or anything like that. You know, if you just, you know, go to the gym or even on your own, if you have that ability, you do again, one set of of an exercise for the major muscle groups, the chest, the legs, the back, the shoulders. Yeah. You, I think that's going to go a long way to maintaining functional ability as we get older. So I, I think that's really important. So again, I, I, I'll, ta- I'll mention a, a supplement in a second, uh, a couple of them, but again, the strength training is important. Walking in the mall, which I see, Amen. Is, yeah, well, it's great for cardio, but that's an endurance event. That's a, t- that's a slow twitch muscle fiber event. It doesn't really target the, the, the strength and power fibers. So, you know, a leg press, a deadlift, a squat, getting out of a chair, you know, yes. stuff like that is
0: important. Those are all functional you know, activities.
1: Yeah. And, and everybody, you know, people define functional exercise differently. I look at functional exercise is function. Are you able to function in your environment? Are you able to do what you need to do in your life? And that could be, for instance, getting off the toilet, getting off the floor, getting out of a car. I, yeah. I once worked work with a lady who was 95 years old. She was still driving, yeah. but she you couldn't get out of her car. And so I basically had to simulate getting out of a car. This is what you do. You have to slide over, put your feet here. Uh, And again, you train not just the muscles, but you train the movement patterns as well. You're training not just the muscles, but also the nervous system because the nervous system communicates and talks with the muscles. All a
0: big communication system that has to work well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's really, really important. And so resistance training, again, use use bands, use dumbbells, barbells, machines, whatever. When you stress the body, the body adapts and the body will get stronger. And so because of that, I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to make that my foundation. And again, you don't have to do it every single day. You know, gee whiz, the, the national guidelines for exercise are like two to three days a week tops. That's it in terms of resistance training. Which
0: is really nothing when you think about it
1: it's really nothing at all. Really, it's not. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a message, though, I think, they, the, again, the older population of America, at least if, I, I, if we're talking to Americans, need to hear, because as we get older, we do less resistance training. One statistic that I like to throw out to people is that about 50% of people in nursing homes are over the age of 85. Yeah. And while that's encouraging because we're living longer, the problem, however, is Less than 1% of people over the age of 85 do any kind of resistance training. and yeah. Or so, moving in general. Yeah. I don't think that's coincidence. I think a lot of people are in nursing homes because they can no longer take care of themselves. You got which it. Can't goes back to that sarcopenia thing studies have shown that if you have sarcopenia you are you are significantly more likely to end up in a nursing home and i and i've seen what goes on in nursing homes my my grandmother lived to 104 104 and a half actually kind <laughs> of put that half on yeah. there wow. and and unfortunately in the last couple of years of her life were in a nursing home. So I've seen up close and personal what happens. They don't want people to move. They want them to stay in bed and in a wheelchair. Well, that's a problem because the more you're in bed, the more you're in a wheelchair, the greater the sarcopenic response happens. The faster you lose those muscles, the faster you get weaker. And that's, that's again, it's a problem. And as a matter of fact, I, I would also call attention to the women listen to us. Women, I feel, deal with sarcopenia and the ravages of sarcopenia longer than men. Why? Women, live men by several years
0: yes yes so
1: agree this, this is the woman's issue that very few people are talking about again it's one of those national security things i like to talk about unfortunately there's no yellow ribbons for sarcopenia a disease that most people get and it i is know a, it is i a know disease. you're
0: preaching to the choir i get it
1: well, the National, I think it's the World Health Organization, has recognized sarcopenia as a disease. There's actually a medical code that the doctors type in their systems to, to, to signify sarcopenia. So again, we put the emphasis on the, on the foundation, which would be resistance training. In terms yeah. of supplements, I, I think you can make an argument for some older adults that have a, few, a little bit more protein. And yeah. again, it's a little controversial. Not everybody believes this because, oh, Americans eat a lot of protein. And as a rule, we do. But as we get older, we, lo- we, we actually don't eat as much calories. And we don't no, eat as No, we much really calories. don't. Yeah. In and fact, if, we,
0: eat, we eat fewer. I mean, the older we get, the less we eat.
1: Correct. We lose, our, we lose our appetite. We lose our sensation of thirst sometimes. We don't drink as much. And if we become dehydrated, then we become less energetic. Um, but also if someone has dentures, they don't chew the food as well. And then mm-hmm. when the food hits the stomach, a double whammy occurs. They may not make as much stomach acid, so they may not digest the food as well. So they may not be absorbing the food protein as well. So you can make an argument, A, for a protein shake. Uh, because it's more easily digestible, especially in those who may not be able to chew or or make enough hydrochloric acid. Um, but also, some studies have shown that older adults, again, let's say people in their you know late 60s, 70s, and beyond, may need a little bit more than the RDA, the recommended dietary allowance. So, how much is the RDA? real easy for our listeners. Um, it's about 0. 0.4 grams per pound. So if you take your body weight and just multiply it times 0. 0.4 grams or 0. 0.4, you do will give you the RDA, which is the minimum amount of protein uh, to stay healthy. And again, for most people, I think that's going to be roughly okay. 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 or so uh, is fine for most people. For older adults, maybe 0. 0.6, maybe 0.6 might be a a better sweet spot to again, to compensate for the fact that they're not absorbing it as well. Also, as we get older, we make less uh, anabolic hormones. Yes, testosterone, growth hormone, stuff like that. And so because of that, and they don't work as well as we get older, we tend to suffer from a a condition that is sometimes called anabolic resistance. Anabolic resistance is essentially you're making some anabolic hormones like testosterone and growth hormone, but they're not, but they're not working as well as they should. And so you're resistant to their effects. And so eating a little bit more protein as we get older, I think, could be a, a good thing. Combine that with some strength training. I think that would be, fine. That'd be a fine combination. Again, not a lot of protein. You don't have to be eating you know, gobs of it all the time. Um, yeah. But again, if you took your body weight at multiplied times 0.6, uh, again, for older adults, I think that might be okay. Uh, it's a safe range for most people. And again, yeah. some research have shown that's fine. There are people out there who will say, eat one gram per pound. And you could do that. Um, it's a lot of protein and makes your It math, is a lot. <laughs> it makes your math easier. If you're 180 pounds, you eat 180 grams. But yeah. the problem, however, is you're eating so much protein, you may not be eating fruits and vegetables. So, you know, well,
0: um, not to mention you're you're getting a tremendous amount of nitrogen too, which is a little tougher for your kidneys to clear. It, it could be. And if someone we can have has, that discussion another day, but yeah, and if someone I has do You think kidneys? that's a concern
1: yeah if kidneys are not working so well, so for instance, if someone has diabetes, which diabetes can affect the kidneys, then all that extra protein could put could texture their kidneys there's no doubt about it, so and again, not only that, but protein can constipate people, which can yeah. get be another issue. So again, let's go kind of, you know, in the middle of the road, about 0.6 or so would be fine for yeah. most people. Resistance training, a little bit more protein, I think is fine. There's some research out there also in terms of maintaining strength, uh, that maybe fish oil might improve strength in older adults. Yeah. Um,
0: I've read that in a couple places too.
1: Yeah. And, and the research is intriguing. You've got to take about two grams, if I remember correctly, to achieve these effects. Um, I, there's not a whole bunch of these studies out there. I think there's maybe one or two. I'd like to see a couple more before yeah. I, I give it any credence, but uh, that's one thing that may help. But uh, again, I, it comes back to, I'm, I'm a big fan of the staples. Again, exercise, a little bit more protein, that's fine, but again, stress those bones, stress those muscles. Yes. and, and absolutely and, agree. And with the muscles, remember, the, the muscles are attached to the bones. So as we strengthen the muscles, they pull on the bones, and the bones also get stronger as well. Mm-hmm. So for those with osteoporosis and osteopenia, this is a good thing. We want to maintain decent bones. Yeah, it's bone like a
0: house of cards in a good way,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally believe the more active you are, it's always a good idea to eat more protein. I've always been a fan of that my entire career. Yeah, it's in every cell. Yeah, of body. I ate different in my twenties than I do now, but still, I've maintained a, a pretty high level of activity. You know, yeah. even the older that I get.
1: I think it's a. I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, again, for especially for those who may may not be able to digest food as well. Again, a protein shake. You know, you can get some inexpensive protein powders out there. I'm, a, I'm more of a fan of the protein powders. If you're going to go that route, than an amino acid supplement. I, I'm generally not a big fan of taking one amino acid or two or something like that. Um, yeah. I like. I like a full spectrum, I think a full spectrum is better than overloading on one or two amino acids.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, to your point, our bodies are our bodies actually make some, and then some we actually have to get from food. So again, yes. your point, you know, you know, using what you eat as as part of the foundation, it's just even more incentive, I would think, to pay more attention to that. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about probiotics because this is something that is coming up a lot. I cannot tell you how many people I talk with, not not every day, but fairly often throughout the week about, you know, gut health is such a hot topic right now. You know, it's the second brain and, um, you know, I've read so many studies that support it and I've probably read an equal number that don't. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Sure. So the vast majority of, of uh, probiotic research out there concerns constipation and diarrhea and stuff like that. And so that's one All thing. All the pleasant
0: stuff, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's, that's where the abundance of the research is for the most part. But you know, you hit the nail on the head. There are these bacteria that live, on, live inside of us and on us, by the way. It's yeah. Roughly, it's about three pounds of bacteria inside of us. You Most of them reside in our colon, in our large intestine, but they're on our skin. They're in our mouths. Heck, there's even a microbiome in our brain, which is yeah. weird. How, does, how do these bacteria and viruses get inside of our brain? They're supposed to be protected by a, a barrier, but they're, they are there nonetheless. And we don't understand all of what the microbiome does. Mm-hmm. And it's only in the past 10 years or so that people are starting to look at this. We know that the microbiome, these bacteria and viruses, et cetera, and that's what they call the microbiome. That's everything. Yeah. We know that they communicate with our immune system. We know they talk to each other. And and so it does appear that a healthy gut does appear to play a role in a healthy immune system. We know that um, these microbiome produce compounds that we use. Uh, for instance, a lot of the vitamin K that we have in our bodies right now came from our microbiome. These yeah. bacteria make vitamin K. And, vi- and K does a lot of things, but you know, the, the, the first thing it was discovered to do is help coagulation. Vitamin K in German, K for coagulation, helps our blood Yeah, helps our blood clot. Yeah, uh, but it does other things as well. So the microbiome do do that. They make compounds called short chain fatty acids, and these are fats, but they're not long chain fats, or not medium chain fats. They're, they're short chain. They're only about, you know, like 10, uh, ten carbon atoms long or so. And we can use these short chain fatty acids to do a variety of things. For instance, lowering your risk of colon cancer. We can use these short chain fatty acids to lower, lower our risk of colon cancer. And so, again, we're just starting to figure out all of what they do. They may even they may even influence our behavior. Again, it's kind of hard to figure out with people, but there have been some intriguing mouse studies where they take these mice and they basically destroy their microbiome. So they, they, they don't have a microbiome. Let's see how they react. They react differently. These mice without a microbiome—they travel further from home. They take more risks yeah. uh, than, than, the, than the mice that have a microbiome. So it's all, I, when I read that study, it was like it was almost like these microbiome were saying to us, "Hey, Joe, don't do that. You might get injured." Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> so it is very strange. They make you know they they make neurotransmitters. They make serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter, and it also affects our appetite and our mood. Yeah. So, They do a lot of things. Having said that, there are a lot of these probiotic supplements out there. And for our listeners, I I would say, number one, the probiotic supplement world is a bit, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. It's because we know so little because we know so little about these things that pretty much a lot of these probiotics contain the same things. They Mm -hmm. contain lactobacillus acidophilus. That's a nice, easy bacteria to go with. It's been around a long time. It's been studied. So they know it's not going to hurt anybody. Um, So, you know, when you look at these things, just realize they contain a lot of the same types of bacteria. Um, but when you are looking at a probiotic supplement for yourself, I always ask that maybe you take a close look at the labels of these products and look for the strain, the strain of the bacteria you're using. And, and that's not something a lot of people have heard of before. We've heard of, you know, oh, we've got these bacteria, but realize there are different types of lactobacillus acidophilus, right. okay? And different strains we do different things. yeah. And we haven't figured that out completely yet. We haven't figured that out completely yet. What are the strains for constipation? What are the strains for mood? What are the strains to help us, I don't know, say lose weight for whatever. We don't completely understand that yet because there's billions of these, 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 these bacteria inside of us. So what I would say is if you're looking to analyze a probiotic supplement for you, I, I would say, try to find the strain. Okay. And then if you can find the strain, and it'll say something like lactobacillus acidophilus GG. I'm making that up. So yeah. GG would be the strain, you know, the A, A, B, B, C, Z, you know. Right. And so if you were, say, taking a probiotic supplement to help you, say, sleep better, okay, that's a claim they're making, you could go into, say, your search engine of choice. Just type in lactobacillus acidophilus GG sleep, okay? And that's one way of doing it that'll pop up some different websites and you know maybe they're telling you what 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 the truth is and whether or not but in addition to that search string you just entered into your your into the the search box at the end of that type in pubmed p u b m e d p u b m e d that will take you to the national Library of Medicine, which is a repository of clinical studies. And if there are any, for instance, studies on lactobacillus acidophilus GG helping people say sleep better, those studies It'll will be there. Up. Yeah. And so you could see what those studies actually said. The studies are boring, by the way. <laughs> and so I would say anybody who's, who's doing this right now, just look at the last two or three sentences. That's where you usually find the conclusions. And if you see enough studies out there find the same thing, then you can kind of get an idea. Okay, there's something to this. Now, that said... I, I think there's an easier way to improve your microbiome, and it's not necessarily taking a probiotic supplement. The easiest way, and studies do human studies show this, to improve your microbiome health is to eat a, eat a more eat more fruits and more vegetables, yeah. more fruits, more vegetables, more beans, more seeds. Why? These foods have fiber. Well, fiber is the food of bacteria, bacteria eat them as, and, and this is, this is actually in, in the world of supplements, you know, you've seen the references to this. They just don't call They don't call the, they don't call it fiber. Usually they call them prebiotic. A yeah. Prebiotic, is, prebiotic
0: the is a big buzzword now too.
1: Yeah. A prebiotic is the food of the probiotic bacteria. Well, yeah. what is, what is prebiotic? Fiber. Fiber and prebiotic mean the same thing. That's something all our listeners should keep in the back of their mind. Prebiotic and fiber mean the same thing. So if you eat more more fiber, you will change the composition of your gut health in less than a month. In less than a month, two to three weeks, your gut health will change for the better. You'll make more of the healthier bacteria, Mm -hmm. the more unhealthier bacteria will start to die out. Um, So that's that's the real easy way to do this is to eat more fiber. You could also, another way of doing this is to exercise more. And I know that sounds a little weird for some people, but there have been some studies showing that exercise can also alter the microbiome to a more healthier state. That said, the research is a little odd right now. It does appear to show that to alter gut health with exercise, you'd have to exercise a little bit more intensely than you're used to. And so, for some people, I'm like, ah, I wouldn't worry about it. I would just eat more fruits and vegetables, and you know, and and again, exercise and hope for the best with the exercise. But I know the fruits and vegetables are going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that eating a better diet and exercise is good because the other thing it's going to do, and this doesn't really get a lot of attention as well, is it's going to improve the diversity of the microbiome. And by diversity, I mean all the different numbers of strains and types of bacteria and and viruses and and fungi inside of us. It's gonna improve how many of them we have. Diversity means strength in terms Mm -hmm. of the microbiome. The more diverse the microbiome is, the better it is, the stronger it is, the healthier it is. And the more
0: equipped it's gonna be to help serve its purpose too.
1: Absolutely. And in terms of Americans right now, we have roughly about, let's say, a 1, thousand, twelve hundred or so different species of bacteria inside of us. And while that may seem like a lot, it's less than what you'd see in third world countries. You, you go down to South America and there's areas where they eat much more fiber. Some of those areas, you'll see 1600 different yeah. species of bacteria. So there's been a decline in microbiome diversity in America and Canada and England basically first world nations were are eating a lot of processed foods, you know, yeah. which are usually devoid of fiber. So eating a more fiber rich diet is going to increase the diversity in turn, increasing the strength of the microbiome. So yeah, you could take a supplement if you want. And again, some of the supplements may be fine. I do see some good research on them, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of let's again, eat, eat a better diet. And if you want to take those supplements, you can, but I know the food is going to do some good. Uh, the fiber in the food is going to do some good.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just, that's always just, just good information for anybody. I mean, regardless of of where you are in life, I mean, that's just flat out good advice.
1: Yeah. And I'm also, I'm a fan of sometimes the simple answer is the correct answer. Right. we're hit all day long with you know commercials on TV, on radio, and even on some podcast commercials, and they're always getting us to again think about you know oh maybe this will be better, maybe that'll be better, and you know I, I come to the conclusion that many times a simple answer is the correct answer, and the simple answer is you know move more, you know eat better, uh, watch your stress, and you'll be okay for the most part.
0: Yeah, they're the reason why I, I like to say the reason they're called the basics is because they work. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, some
0: people just, they they think it needs to be more complicated than that. So
1: They, they, they really do. And, you know, since, you know, you were talking about people maybe in the second half of their life. So, you know, yesterday I had the opportunity of talking with somebody who was telling me about a know, she was telling me about a supplement she was taking, which is essentially—I sometimes call it an expensive niacin supplement—but uh-huh. uh, it's designed to in, improve uh, the health of the mitochondria by raising uh, a, a level of a compound called NAD, which some uh-huh. of your listeners may have heard of. And it's—you know—it's nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, NAD, which is something that helps us make energy. Uh, yeah. It's essentially—you know—it's essentially, you know, it's essentially a, a, an expensive, in my opinion, expensive niacin supplement. And she's taken it, and she says she feels different. And I said, I'm very happy happy it's helping you. Um, I, I've, I've experimented with myself. I didn't feel any different myself, but if she's happy, that's the important thing. And, yeah, but again, there are some supplements out there, which people, they swear works and I'm like, I'm happy for you. Um, but let's always come back to the basics, which is again, move more, do take a walk, maybe go to the gym, you know, whatever, work out with you, Allison. So again, and, and, and stay healthy.
0: Yes. Well, and it's, it's what you do day to day that really matters. You know, it's not, Absolutely. you can necessarily get caught up on, oh, I haven't done it all week. So I'm going to get caught up this weekend. It's not one of those things either.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: And I, and I hear that a lot. Well, I got to make up this weekend because I'm already behind. And you know, my philosophy is always, you know, other, I mean, you really have to be careful of what you say because your brain's like a giant tape recorder. I like to call it. It um, is. And, you know, instead of saying I'm behind, I'm going to do it this weekend. And, you know, I always encourage people to say, I'm going to start today. Because That's just better than saying I'm behind.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree
0: 100%. So let's say someone out there is listening and they're really liking what they hear. But maybe they just maybe they're like, yeah, yeah, I know all that. But, you know, what what is what is like a simple little piece of advice you could give them to start today?
1: basically start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. You don't have to go and work out like a monster for three hours at the gym. And I absolutely would tell everybody not to do that, especially yeah, after this here. Uh, COVID pandemic. I would not tell you to run back to the gym and start working out for two hours a day. But you know, if, if all you can do right now, if all you have the time to do is to take a, a 20 minute walk, do it. That's that. And it's amazing. The benefits we get from simply walking. I often tell the story of a buddy of mine. He's got his own business. He's under a lot of stress. And you know, he called me, I don't know, about a year or two ago. And he says, you know, I took my blood pressure and I was, you know, it was to, I don't know, 190 over 90, something, some high blood pressure, wow. you know? And I said, listen, go get away from your desk and go and take a 20 minute walk around the block and then take your blood pressure again. He calls you back a half an hour later, blood pressure, 120 over 80. Yeah. A simple little walk around the block can do wonders for us. You know, not, not just our cardiovascular system, but gets us out seeing stuff, maybe talking with people. You, you go outside, you make some vitamin D from the sunlight that hits your skin I, I think that we underestimate the benefits of something as simple as walking. If you're, you know, you're like, well, I don't want to go outside. Okay, what can you do at home? Do you have any steps? Can you walk up and down those steps? Uh, you know, let's try that. Start, start with just walk up and down the steps twice, yep. and then every day or every other day, increase it by one. You know, you're sitting in a chair. Stand up and sit down. You've just done a squat. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, it's, it really, it really is as simple as that. That's what a squat is. You don't have to throw a big barbell on your back and to do a squat, uh, you know, stand up and sit down. You've done a squat, you know, or, you know, get, you know, get on the, if you can get, if you're sure you can get back up, get on the floor and stand up from the floor. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't do that. If you're not sure and you're by yourself, don't get down on the floor. Um, you know, we, we want you to be able to get back up, but yeah. you know, that, that's actually a very important functional thing uh, to be able to stand up from getting off, off the floor. So again, it, it really does come back to basics. The body body responds to even a little bit of exercise. There was a, for instance, there was a study that came out, I think it was about 2011 where, and this was a large study, 100,000 people, I think, where they broke them up into the people who walked every day, people who jogged every day, and the people who ran every day. And they followed them for several years to see what happens to them. And then, yeah. they, you know, they run statistics on them. And, and they find that after several years, the people who walked 15 minutes a day, that's it, 15 minutes a day, seven days a week, they had about a three- extra year lease on life they lived an extra three years longer than I believe it and those who really didn't do anything and, and there was greater improvements in the walkers and joggers but it was statistically significant for only walking 15 minutes a day and that's less than what the you know the, the CDC is recommending in America they're recommending you know 30 minutes of movement a day a minute well
0: and, and people can always find 15 minutes wherever they are in their day. It's just, just rethinking. If you're that tight for time, then you probably need to review how you're doing your day anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, but finding 15 minutes is a no-brainer.
1: Absolutely. You can do that. And some people go to extremes and they'll, they'll have a treadmill desk or even a standing desk and stuff like that. And that's fine. If you can do that, that's great. Uh, but yeah. it, doesn't ta- it doesn't take a lot to see really big benefits in terms of your health. The body is it's amazing. It's, you give it a little bit and it, you get a lot back.
0: Absolutely. Um, I could not agree more with that. I was doing a study the other day, I think it was out of the Cooper Clinic, it may have, I can't remember exactly, suggesting that, you know, we we get we get to your point about just a little activity every day. You know, we, we tend to hang our hat on the time we spend in the gym. Well, I've got a 30 minute workout that I'm going to go do today. I've got an hour class I'm going to go take or whatever. And we discount all the little things that we're doing throughout the day, like parking our car far away and walking and and taking the stairs instead of the elevator and and carrying your grocery bags to the car instead of using a cart, and we discount, you know, what all of that actually does for us. And this study suggested there were people who identified, I think, six regular things that they did every day, and they saw as much as a 15% increase in their overall metabolic rate in a short period of time because they were doing it so consistently.
1: Yeah, it's insensible exercise. They sometimes call it. it's you know a- activity you're doing you're not even aware of. And that yep. parking parking further from the mall is something I'll, I think a lot of people should should key in on. I'm always amazed at how many people they fight for the closest. Oh, I know.
0: Or on, at the grocery store is another place they they fight for that spot at the front door. You know, yeah. parking mm-hmm. at the other end and walking four minutes to the front door, however long it takes.
1: I sometimes, when I when I give lectures, I sometimes show a picture of people taking the escalator up to a gym.
0: Yeah, and I think I've seen that exact picture at, at a conference once. I think the speaker was actually,
1: yeah, actually doing that. Great.
0: And of course, everyone in the room laughed because they know it's true, you know? It is.
1: And even going to fitness conventions, I'll watch how many people take the escalator and not the steps. You're at a fitness convention. Take the steps. I stairs. know, I know. Or I'll
0: watch people take the elevator for one flight of steps. in a building. I know.
1: It's Seriously? amazing. Take the stairs, you know? <laughs> yeah. It all, it all adds up. It really does. Totally.
0: I know it's human, human behavior. It's very intriguing to me. But um, the things you learn from just watching people's habits. I agree. Peter, I appreciate that. So, mm-hmm. so this has been super fun. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So um, I've got a couple of websites. Uh, you can, I've got my personal website, which is joe com, And that's where I tend to write about, you know, health and fitness and wellness and Personal training, I review certifications and all that jazz. And then my other website, since we mentioned supplements, is called supplementclarity.com. Supplementclarity.com. There okay. that's where that's where I write big reviews on dietary supplements. Uh, you know, what works, the side effects, stuff like that. Uh, and I'm I'm on Facebook as well. I'm I think I'm more in, I'm more active these days on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, I'm just Joe Joe Cannon M S, but you know, supplement clarity, uh Joe Joe Dash or cannon.com, or just type in your search engine of Joe Cannon exercise, Joe Cannon vitamins, you will find me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I think that's how I found you too. So, so, well, this, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your day and your week and whatever. And I'm glad we were able to get this set up.
1: Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And, uh, and yeah, I I appreciate being on your, on your podcast.
0: No, no, it's a pleasure. It's all mine. And for anyone out there listening that's feeling inspired, please feel free to reach out to Joe um, either at his websites or find him on Instagram. Uh, Joe Cannon MS, I believe he said, you said was your Instagram handle.
1: Joe Cannon MS. And if you're into the podcast thing, which I guess you are, I'm also Joe Cannon Health Podcast.
0: Joe Cannon Health Podcast. We always like to promote other podcasters. So absolutely. So fantastic. And for any of you out there listening uh, on a couple of things, I just want to make you remind you of, if you are not in my private Facebook community yet, please come over and join me living your ultimate life through fitness and self care. We do a lot of fitness, self care, travel, leisure, stress management, you name it, we do it there. And I would love, um, especially right now, I think people are really craving community. So if you're feeling the need, if you feel like that's something that interests you, we would certainly love to have you. Um, We are starting a new edition of our Fit Life Masterclass. That is our signature free event that we do several times throughout the year, and we are kicking another one off tomorrow. So if you are not yet registered, please feel free to reach out to me. You can go to my website at cufitness.com, the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com, and click Contact Us and find me there. You can find me also on Facebook or on my business Facebook page, which is the letter C, the letter U Fitness, and it's a little green man is my uh, my logo. You really can't miss it. Um, green is the color of health, and it's also my favorite color, which is why I like to use it, so. This is Alison Kaskowski with the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Thank you so much for all of your support. We are worldwide. Uh, we have thousands of listeners and thousands of followers, and I could not do it without you, and I am grateful. So I appreciate all of your help and support. Um, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.